see what we can do. Hey, Coach. Afternoon. Hey, Chris. How are you? Good. Yeah. So we're uh, diving back into it after a little bit of a hiatus here. And yeah. uh, you and I have been working together for, gosh, 10 plus years now. Who would have thunk it, huh? Yeah, probably close to 12, I would think, right? Yeah. But uh, so today we're doing a series. We're going to do a series uh, about uh, the 10K. Um, because I think the 10K is kind of an unloved distance in our world, you know? Uh, when we were growing up, that was basically all you had was 10Ks and marathons. And, well, there was there was 8Ks. So it was five milers, too. And six five milers, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, there were no 5Ks. There were no half marathons, really. Um, so uh, a lot of famous 10Ks out there. So we're going to give the 10K a little love today. And we're going to do a little bit of a, an episode on that. So I'll ask you some questions and you can answer them and then uh, I'll answer them as well when you're done. Okay. So uh, let's talk about a 10K here. What? How long is a 10K? 6.2 miles. <laughs> yep, 6.2 miles. 6.21 miles. So, yeah. Um, and if you do two of those, you don't end up at a half marathon. You end up a little short of a half marathon, but... That's 10K. correct. So um, the interesting thing about a 10K is that it is uh, long enough to be a challenge for runners, but it's also short enough to be attainable for anybody just sort of jumping in to the running world, right? Right. And and it, and it, like I said, it cracks me up that the, all you see is 5Ks now and half marathons. Those didn't really exist when we were growing up. And the original concept of running on the roads was kind of a new thing back in the 60s and 70s because the roads were kind of a new thing and uh and these road runners the original road runners were were kind of like uh, the skateboarders of today they were sneaking onto roads and out running and you would get people would pull over and ask you what you were doing ask you if you need to ride ask you if you need the police that sort of thing right so this uh the the 10k is sort of a uh a veteran sort of race. And I like it because it's challenging, right? And I think the first race that I ever trained for was a was a 10K. So how long should it take somebody to run 10K, Coach? Oh, well, what's, what's the world record, 26 minutes? Um, I think it's, you know, again, that, that, that's such a variable, right? Depending on who you are, what you want to do. Um, you know, do you want to finish a 10K? You, you, do you want to really go out and challenge yourself on a 10K? So, you know, any, you know, as well as I do, Chris, any, any time in a race is subject to the individual. Right. And like you said, the uh, the fastest of the fastest would be uh, a Kenyan or Ethiopian. I'm not sure, but it's it's 26, uh, 26 minutes and change, Yeah, which it's got to be a 430 something. I, don't, I can't do the math in my head. But yeah, you know, the, the local guys that I raced with, you know, they do six minute miles or a little bit faster than that. And that's like a 36 minute race somewhere in there. Right. right. And when I was in my prime, I was never fast, but I would run like a 42 minute um, and change 10 K, I think is my PR, which is just over seven minute miles. And if you yeah, want to I was... squeak... go ahead. Yeah. Yeah. My, my 10 K PR is, just just a 38 minutes 
Yeah. No. Yep. That's pretty fast. And if you if you want to sneak in under under an hour, you get to a hair better than a 10 minute mile, right? Because if you think about right. it, six times 10 is going to be 60. And that's your hour. So you got to sneak that that 0.21. And, you know, if you're if you're walking it, let's say you're doing a 20 minute mile, that's a brisk walk or a 15 minute mile. You're going to come in, you know, around two hours or 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 a little bit faster. So um, if you go watch your local 10K, you'll see the winners come in around 30 to 40 minutes. And then the bulk of the runners will be around an hour. And then the the back part of the curve will come in. The walkers will come in around two hours. So let me ask you another question here. So 10K is a special race. What are the training requirements for a 10K? Well, you know me. Um, it's I. I don't think training varies much between distance. If if you're going through a complete training cycle, uh, and you know, if we look back through history, and you know, I'm a Lydiard guy. You look back through history, and, and even today, some of the modern day um, runners, you know, it's you know, it's to me, you got to go through a cycle. You can't do anything without a base, right? A base right. protects your a base protects your body. And that's that's one of the things that so many people confuse with, you know, base training. They think, well, I do these easy runs. It's happening. Well, you're strengthening uh, muscle fibers. You're strengthening tendons. You're, um, you, you, so you're basically taking care of yourself before you get into the harder stuff. And that's very, very important. And, and, and I think, so, and I, so, so what is a base? What would that look like? You know, again, once again, it goes to an to an individual anywhere from eight to twelve weeks, depending on, on what your goal is. You know, if your goal is to to run really hard, run really fast, the bigger the base, the the higher the peak. And you know, if you're going out to finish, then you can do with a lesser base. You know, never run much anything over an hour and fifteen or an hour and thirty minutes. You know, three four times a week if you're when you get to that point. So it's it just again, it's an individual. Right. Right. I think when I ran my first 10K, when I first started running, that was the first race I ran. I think I my training was maybe three days a week, five miles or so, you know, and I didn't yeah. know what I didn't know what I was doing. But that then I did a long run of eight miles and thought I was uh, I was a tough guy. And uh, it, but it turned out to be OK. Right. Because I was younger then. <laughs> yeah. You know, my my typical training days back when I when I was a knucklehead. Um, you know, we're five miles, six miles, six, 10 miles out, you know, five, 40 miles back on a 10 mile run. And, you know, I did that every day and I could never figure out why I wasn't getting any faster. Yeah. That's, 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 it, you know, it was ludicrous, but we yeah. didn't know, we didn't know, you know, back in the sixties and the seventies, we didn't know any better. Yeah. It just, it was miles, right? Yeah. Yeah. As many miles. miles as hard as you could. Yeah. So the, the interesting thing that you said there is that a 10 K is, basically the same training for any other race. So that means that if you look at a training plan for a marathon, um, it's going to have the same elements in it. You're going to do base building, but then you're also going to do some, some structured efforts in between, right? So, I mean, what's a, what would a structured effort look like to get you um, to 10K distance? You know, would that be two days a week or once a week or, you know, what's, well, what's, I think what, what would that look like when you get to that intensity part of the training program? You know, you're going to I I like to give my athletes a, a um, early in the week at some interval, some interval work that might be, 
you know, six by seven minutes, seven by seven minutes in zone four, um, really teaching the body how to buffer that lactic acid with little two minute recoveries in between each one. I, I'm not a big fan of, uh, as you probably know, I'm not a big fan of, of track work. I, I don't think track work mimics road work. I'd rather see people out on, on the roads doing intervals than doing them on the track because um, you get the variables and, and elevation, the ups and downs. And I like to see my runners do um, their intervals on rolling courses so that they, they can get the challenge out of it. And, and once again, strengthen the body for race day. And then I like a tempo run um, one day a week. You know, it might go out, we'll go out at, uh, in zone two for about 10 or 15 minutes, warm up and then, and then hit, you know, just below race pace for maybe 30 or 40 minutes and then cool down for a couple minutes. So you, again, you're teaching the body how to, how to push for longer periods of times and, and in the zones you'll actually be working in on race day. Uh, and then of course, it's a, a long run every week. I never, I never take a long run. Out. I vary the long runs up on the effort levels, but I never take the long runs out. Right. And I think the long runs do two things. They they help you build that base. They help you build that strength, but they also give the runner confidence um, that they can cover the distance. Right. Because they've done it before. Yeah. It's, you know, your, your body gets accustomed to that. And I, and the closer I get to race day on my on longer runs, um, I have people, you know, really finish off those runs. You know, I like to have them do like, you know, 10 or 15 minutes at the end of the run at a upper zone three, low zone four effort. Um, so they really build that confidence and a finishing strength. Right. And when you talk, when you talk heart rate zones, you know, it's, you use a five zone system where you, we, one and two are sort of very low effort. Um, and then three is sort of almost race pace. Four is race pace. Five is all out, right? Five is max. And you can find those zones. You work with a coach, you can find what those zones are. Um, so the so you're training in the appropriate zones. You're getting more um, effectiveness out of your training. Yeah, it's a, and that's the whole key to it is, you know, how effective you are in your training is how effective you're going to be on race day, right? You know, for years, we, we didn't let people run in zone three during the training cycles. We called it the no benefit zone. But now we know better. You know, you have to do some training there because that's what you're going to be doing, you know, especially in marathon training. If you go to marathon training, you got to have those longish um, aerobic threshold runs where you're running zone three for longer periods of times. When you're training for a 10K, you know, then you have the zone four runs where you're really pushing the effort um, to get your body ready for race day. Because let's face it, you and I both know five Ks and 10 Ks are probably harder than marathons. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, suffering wise. Yeah. Suffering wise. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but the, the interesting thing about the biggest mistake I see new runners make or just, you know, average runners make is they do the same workout over and over again. Right. So they'll just do five miles a day, five miles a day, five miles a day. But the the improvement in your performance, and let's not worry about finishing times or paces, just how you feel in a race, the improvement in that is going to be exponentially better if you throw in one or two structured workouts a week, meaning that you do some of these where you're you're running faster for a certain, you know, a couple of minutes and then dropping back or running faster, dropping back just by mixing it up is going to cause an exponential leap in your ability to, to perform and to enjoy it. 
Yeah, I'm I'm a big believer in in negative split runs, and and there's two ways to do negative split runs. You can in the in the beginning part of your program. You know, I've gotten to a point where even during base building, um, I'll, I'll give people a, a couple of runs every now and then where they're testing themselves a little, and to find out where they're at. And and I like negative splits to do that. You know, you can go out zone one and two for 30 minutes and come back in zone three. Um, in the beginning parts of your, your training and in the later part of your training, you can go out for 30 minutes in zone one or two and come back in upper zone three, low zone four. And yeah, and, and again, it, it, go ahead. No, no, I say even, you know, a simple workout that I've done before, which is you're out doing a base building run, right? So you're taking it easy. Even if you close those last couple of minutes, maybe the last mile you close it at race pace, the, the mental boost from that will make you feel good for a couple of days <laughs> yeah yeah it's it's true and, and to this day when i go out on a run every run i finish off you know i i put a picture in my head that i'm at some race and i'm, I'm racing someone to the finish you know and 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 i push i push those last couple of minutes and, and I, i've been doing that forever but i think that is you're right you, you think oh man that was great and again it, it builds confidence in in your your finish at the race and your body when you ask it to do that it will recognize what you're asking it to do and and it'll 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 jump up. I see very few people who can't get that little extra sprint at the end of the run when they ask their bodies for it if they train their bodies to do that. So, you know, people, what what do you need? So, if I'm sitting here, I'm average show runner. What do I need to go run a 10k? What do I do? Well, are you just starting out? Yeah. You know, maybe well, I'm running, just, let's let's say I'm running, you know, 10 to 15 miles a week, right? Okay. Two or three um, times you know, a week. I would, you know, I would say, in fact, I had a girl just come to me who's who's going to do the boulder boulder. That's her, her first 10K. Um, she, um, I, I have her start now with three 40-minute runs a week, two strength workouts a week um, will be her week one. Um, it, if someone has a bike or if they have access to a trainer at their club, I tell you, I'll give them an hour ride once a week to help them start developing the hip strength and some of the quad strength. And then I'll increase that um, incrementally as we go through the cycle. Um, you know, she'll go to 45 minutes and then she'll go to 50 minutes. You're training for a 10K. Most people never have to run more than an hour and 30 minutes. Um, that would be the longest run. That, even if it was, even if I was training you with, you know, 60 Boston Marathon finishes, if you were just training for a 10K, you know, in your case, the base time would be less, but the, the intensity time would be more. But you still wouldn't ever, ever need more than an hour, 30 minute long run. So. Yeah. And that's that's another thing that's a little bit different at the 10K distance for, for most people. Right. Some of the back of the Packers, this may be different. But for most people, you're not going to really need to practice fueling in a 10K. And I, that that yeah. may be against some people's religion. But you should be able to get through that with the fuel you have in your system. Yeah. The thing about um, 10 Ks is that you, you don't need to overcomplicate it. You just need to be in shape to run it. Um, you know, you can grab a cup of water along, along the course, you know, they'll have stuff, they'll have Gatorade or another product. And that's basically all you need. Um, you, you're out there less than an hour. Your body can, your body can push through the fat and the carbohydrates it has stored up to do that. Right. Yep. And, um, so as you as you go into this race, if you were to sit down with somebody who's had a decent training cycle and they're going into the 10K, the thing about 10K is, is it is still a pretty long distance, right? So you can crash yourself in a 10K. 
Um, and you probably don't have time to recover from that crash, you know, not like a 50 miler. Um, what would be your race strategy for someone who you've trained? You know, depending on their goal, but I, I have them go out and go through the first 5K, um, not easily, but with uh, a little bit less effort than they're going to run on the last 5K. Um, you know, so I actually think if you're smart, you're in a 10K smart, you can get through that race with uh, with a negative split. And I think that's that's what I try to get my people to do. Um, some people, I can just balance the two between because they're strong enough to do that. I can say, okay, run you know, 24 minutes, 5K, 24 minutes, 5K, and you'll have your 48 minutes. But a lot of times I, I like to see them finish strong. Um, Boulder Boulder is a perfect example of a race to do that because after you get through the first 5K, um, it, it's almost all downhill until you run up the hill into the stadium. Um, so you can really burn out that last that last 5K if you have something left, if you haven't crushed yourself in the first 5K. And I think that's, that's what a lot of – um, newbies will do. They'll go out and they'll, they'll, they'll say, well, I'm going to run 48 minutes and they go out and they run 22 minutes in the first 5K and then they have nothing left. So so if you have a race like that, is it worth going out and scouting the course and doing a practice run? I think if you live in the area, and most people live in the area of their 10K, right? They don't travel right. to, to run, run a 10K. If you live in the area of your 10K, I think you should run on the course. Um, once again, you're, you're creating muscle memory um, you're creating, getting that mental picture locked in or where you can do certain things. Is this a place where I can run a little harder or do I need to back down my effort level a little bit here? And I think it's important and your body understands that on a race day, it's, it's a familiar run. Yeah, I, I think the only the only um, drawback to that would be that you have the chance of building, constructing boogeyman in your mind of the, the big hills and, and then you hold back too much or you you let the hills get to you, right? You know what's coming, right? I always, I always tell 10Ks people. Are, 10Ks are typically races that have one good hill in them somewhere, right? Usually, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I, I generally tell people, you let me do the thinking, you do the running. So it's, they keep yeah. them out of their head. Um, you know, I'm, I'm, I'm excited to be back in Colorado this year to do the Boulder Boulder again. This is one of my favorite races. Uh, yep. It's such a great day. It's 60,000 people on yeah, that wouldn't work for me at six thousand feet. Yeah, oh, that's all. It's only Boulder's only fifty one hundred. So yeah, still, <laughs> I'm at nine thousand. I'm I'm at nine thousand here in Breckenridge. Yeah, so you're gonna do great. Yeah, so I'm going I'm going down to sea level for the Boulder Boulder this year. <laughs> so, so what other um, advice would you have for folks? You know, we. You know, my advice would be, if you're going to run a race, right, put one on the calendar. So how far out in in the future should you put it on the calendar? Well, I think I think if, if you're if it's your first time out on a 10K, I mean, you should probably look at a full training cycle of about 24 weeks. You know, for someone who has the experience and you just got to you, you have, you know, you have you have the experience and you've done the races and. You know, then you could put 10, 12 weeks if you want to run it really hard because you're just going to do a couple um, get back into shape runs and then you're going to start the intensity part of your program. So the two do variables, again, experience can do 10 to 12 weeks. The inexperience, I would say, do a full training cycle. And and, and, and write it down and write it down. So few people write don't, do not write down their goals. You know, I, I always say don't ever make a goal to finish. 
you know, even even if your goal is an hour and 30 minutes, write that down an hour and 30 minutes um, so that you have something to chase when you're out there. You have something to focus on um, and, and you have something to focus on during your training. Yeah. yeah. And I've never finished a race and said, you know, that was the best race I've ever had in my life. So, you know, don't be so hard on yourself either. Right. You always you just yeah. try to leave it out there. Yeah. Yeah. So the Cross the other thing that we do sometimes we'll set three goals right we'll set a an ABC so that we'll okay. say it's you know you like you said my C goal is one thirty my B goal is one twenty and my A goal is one fifteen something like that right so yeah. you have a stretch goal as well so you take something away from that yeah and and when you write that down and you look at it the great thing is as you see improvements in your training cycle especially for a newbie. You see those those uh, improvements in workouts. And if one week you're out in the beginning of the cycle, if you ran an hour and in that hour you ran four and a half miles, and later on in the cycle you run an hour in that same course and you run five and a half miles, that's a really big mental boost. And now you can look back at that goal sheet and say, well, maybe I'll make my stretch goal this and yeah. I'll do that. Yeah. Um, or you surprise the, yourself, which is yeah. me mentally great too, right? You have a better race than you thought you were going to have. Um, yeah. But there's – you know, a, a 10 day is long enough that you can have a race day miracle and beat your time by 10 minutes, right? For, oh, yeah. for an average oh. runner, right? Oh, if yeah. you've done good structured training, there's no reason why you can't surprise yourself. Yeah, I've seen that happen uh, many times when people get out there and go, oh my God, I can't believe I did that. Right. And I say, yeah, well, you did. Never underestimate yeah. yourself. So how long would you taper? What would your taper look like for, and what is a taper? <laughs> You know, I'll, um, about in the two weeks out from the race, um, I'll just, I'll have some, uh, light speed works, um, going through just to get everything tuned up and dialed in. So just two weeks on that. And then the week, and then the, the race week, obviously is just going to be some, you know, short little 60 second intervals, three or four of those again, just to keep everything fired up and ready to go. Well, you bring, um, so it's, yeah. In my experience, you're bringing the volume down you know, by 50% in those last two weeks. Basically. Yeah. It's, it's, yeah. It's not like a marathon where, you know, your body has to recover from, you know, 24, 30 weeks of uh, really, you know, long, hard getting beat up stuff. So you can, you can taper a lot less for 10 K and then you come out of it. After you can go shopping and have a beer and get something to eat. Unlike when you run a marathon, you want to go home to bed. Yeah, I'll tell you, my PR in the 10K came two weeks after uh, Boston Marathon, right? And the reason was I had run Boston. I had, I had crashed hard. I ended up, you know, like struggling in the last six miles or whatever. I got crushed in the hills. So I had all that fitness with me still, and I hadn't really used it. And I took that yeah. into the local 10K, and I flew. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. So, you know, again, my advice would be to put something on the calendar and then get a plan. Now, most of the plans you're going to suck down from online are either really schizophrenic, like they have one of every workout ever known to man, like they try to put one of everything in, um, or they're linear where they go do three miles, then do four miles, then do five miles. And that's fine. That'll get you to the finish but it's going to leave a lot on the table. You really need some structure in terms of some different kinds of runs in there. Right. Um, Absolutely. So, you know, if you can afford it, get a coach, coaches are always good or, or find the right plan that has a, you know, you can check around with your local running club and they'll 
point you to the right plan or somebody will probably coach you if you want. Um, for a 10K, I don't think you need to do anything special in terms of equipment. You know, find a pair of shorts that fits and you're good to go, right? Shoes, don't worry about it, right? Just yeah, buy, yeah. buy whatever the guy next to you is buying. And you'll yeah. Be fine. Yeah, not a whole lot of preparation. And, don't and, need and one expense. of those yeah, running vests yeah. or a handful of goose. Don't need any of that stuff. Yeah. Leave that at home. Right? Gel holders. Right? Yeah. <laughs> Leave that at home. So you can, like you yeah. said, you can finish your 10K and then go, uh, then go rake yeah. the yard. Right, it's not going to kill exactly. you. Exactly, exactly. So, so that's good. All right, so we will wrap this one up, Coach. I'll let you get back to your work, and uh, we'll we'll do a follow up. Um, maybe we'll do some some case study stuff, and uh, we'll, hopefully this is helpful for people. Do a little yeah. series here. Yeah, I think it'll be a lot of fun. Um, and two old two old guys with 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 a suitcase full of experience and knowledge, right? Yeah, that's what we'll call this one. Two veterans talk 10K. There you go. All right. All right. All right, man. Good to see you. All right. Good seeing you. Have a great day. All right. Bye-bye.